All right. So, hello. My name is Liz. I'm Rob's wife. <clears throat> he and I, if you don't know us, we're pastors here at the church, and uh, it's always fun for me when I get to preach. Yes. Love it. It's a real honor, a real privilege to be able to do that, and especially uh, this time of the year. It's Christmas time, and uh, for me, Christmas uh, is a mixed blessing. It's a fun time of the year. It's also a very nostalgic time of the year for me. <clears throat> Rob and I are from South Africa. All our family are overseas. I'm used to craziness at Christmas time. I have come from a big family, and we've had Christmas here for 25, 6, 7, 8 years or something. And our family is very nuclear, just us and our two kids. And I usually rent a few kids um, over the Christmas season and uh, continue to do that. So it's really fun to, uh, to have the whole church be part of our family. And uh, for all of you that have helped to make that Christmas crazy for me, I appreciate it very much. So this morning we're carrying on with our um, series on receiving the blessing at this time of Christmas, uh, at this time of the year. And this morning we're going to talk about receiving the blessing of the perfect gift of hope. All these scriptures that I'm going to use today, I just want to say that, are from the uh, New Living Translation of the Bible. So if it doesn't quite sound like yours, maybe we have a different version. But there's the same thing, just a few words are different. So just to get that out the way. Also, if you're new and I sound a little strange, um, that's just how I am. So today is Sunday, and uh, all of you football fans know that the Patriots play today. Anybody hope the Patriots win? Yes. Anybody know that the Patriots are going to win? Okay, you guys are a little bit delusional, but anyway. Um, there's a very good chance that they will win today. But we hope, right, that they're going to win. If you're like me, I'm a huge football fan. Please do not visit me during a game. I will not entertain you or make you coffee. Uh, you're on your own. But we hope, right, that they're going to win. We don't know for sure, but we hope that they're, they're going to win. Anybody invest in the stock market? None? Anybody put your money in the bank? <laughs> Anybody hope you get interest on your money? Anybody hope your money is still there if you invest it in a month or so or a year, right? Do you know for sure that it will be there? But you hope, right? Okay. Anybody hoping they get a Christmas present? Anybody hoping for a specific Christmas present? Yeah. Do you know you're going to get that present? If you do, it's because you've dropped hints all along the way, written letters, you know, signed the check, bought it and put it under the Christmas tree with your name on it. Then you know you are getting that Christmas gift. What about the weather? Anybody hope for snow? Yeah, Christmas Eve, once everybody's done their thing, preferably could it just like have little bits of snow coming as we all walk in the door, and it's just pretty, and there's no snow on the ground, and the cars aren't getting skidded, and then when we all get home and it's lovely, then we get dumped on, like six inches, and we don't have to go anywhere the next day, and we can all have cookies. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> don't you hope for snow at Christmas time? Yes. And if you're going to Florida, you're just hoping that it doesn't snow you in so you can get to Florida. Do we know that it will snow on Christmas Eve? Do we hope, some of us, that it will snow on Christmas Eve? Yes, we hope. Now, there's a big difference between that kind of hope that we're talking about 
and the biblical hope that we have this morning. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. The hope that really is not dependent on something we can't control. It's a hope that is absolutely, positively, amazingly, fantastically rooted, anchored, solid, and you can count on it. And that's the kind of hope that we're going to talk about today. So Christmas is all about the baby, Jesus. And the baby Jesus had a mother called Mary. And so I'm going to uh, show a video now. And if, when the video's on, if all the lights can go off, that would be great. And this is about Mary. And um, some thoughts some people had about maybe what she knew about at this time of the year.
that powerful? <clears throat> Do you think Mary knew when she was pregnant and not married that the child would raise the dead? <clears throat> I want to look at uh, some scriptures here. Matthew 1, 23. We're going to be looking at Jesus and how he is this hope um, through the birth, life, and death of Christ. But starting at Christmas, what Mary knew back then. In Matthew 1.23, the scripture said uh, he will be born and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Joseph and Mary were told this. They will call him Emmanuel. God with us. And then in Luke 1, 32, and verse 33, um, let me just look it up. I might have the wrong version. Can't have that happen. Pastor will give me a hard time. Uh, he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And the next verse, which I don't have on the screen, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. So what did Mary know <coughs> Excuse me. at the time that she was pregnant? She knew that, that God told her that this child would be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's intense. And she knew that he would rule forever. But how did that look at the moment when she was told that? She was a young girl, pregnant, not married. And then as the story goes, they had to get on a donkey. They had to go all the way to Bethlehem. They had to have Jesus born in a, 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 a stable, a manger, a cave, a whatever uh, description you want to put it, not in your usual nice, warm, cozy, fuzzy place. Um, what did Mary know then about what was going to happen um, to this child? One of the things we know about Mary when she was told all these things, and can you imagine being told all these things about this child that you were going to give birth to. The scriptures say that Mary pondered these things in her heart. And she must have had hope at that time that this was going to be true. If you were Mary and you were pregnant and you were going to have this baby in those days and ages, believe me, you hoped that this was true. Because without it, your life was going to radically change. And you were going to be a little uh, bit outcasted. But she had been told these things in a very profound way. And that gave her hope that this would actually come true. And so as I'm thinking today and talking, maybe the Lord is going to raise up some thoughts in your mind about things that you've been told 
about your life or the life of those you love that just seem a little strange. You hope that they're going to come true, but uh, it doesn't seem possible um, at the time. So Mary and Joseph um, had this hope that God, that this child would somehow be God with us. What did that mean to them? And that he was going to rule forever. At that time, a lot of people in the Jewish faith were waiting for the Savior, the Messiah to come. Um, and they had been waiting for a very long time. They had a very expectant hope. And then comes this child. Now, if you've been waiting all your life for something to come, you've had a whole lifetime to build up a picture of what it should look like. If that thing that you've been hoping for shows up and it doesn't look like that, it kind of rattles you. Because it's like, well, I was kind of hoping for this and this doesn't look like that, but it's got like hints of that, but is that that? And I don't know if this is that or not that, and I don't even know what to think, so I'm totally discombobulated. Can you imagine being Mary when you get this baby, and then the baby is born, and hello, angels and wise men, and earth, who knows, all kinds of creation going crazy. That would kind of give you a little bit more confidence that this hope you have is going to come true, right? Yeah, lo and behold, this kid grows up and um, kind of leaves home, you know, goes to the temple with them, and they leave, and he stays behind. And Mary must have been like, okay, you know, God with us, but, you know, you're still a kid, and I still have to raise you. And he's like, but I'm in my, doing my father's business. Imagine how confusing. Confusing. If my children were, you know, not coming home and saying to me, oh, Mom, I'm going to be this, that, and the next thing, I'd have something to say about it. But she had pondered all these things. But imagine what she was going through. She had this hope of what was said, but she's confused. She doesn't see what we see. She doesn't know what they were singing about. She didn't know then that this little baby was actually going to raise the dead. She didn't know those things. She had hope, but she didn't know them. And so over Jesus' life, where, um, with the government, uh, people were thinking maybe when the Messiah comes, he's going to rule and we're going to have a new government. Don't you like governments? Don't you love governments? Don't they give you everything you need? Don't they supply your every whim? Doesn't the president listen to what you ask him every day? Every country in the world has some form of government, right? And that's what you put your hope in. That's what you're hoping is going to kind of keep the country together and change it. Now, the government itself, I'm not bashing the government. I like the American government. No government is perfect, right? But we kind of hope that the government's going to do what it's going to do for us. But the government is very dependent on what? People. Right? The people that are in the government make all the difference. Why do we vote? Because we want the right people in the government. The government itself is not what makes it work. It's the people. And what happens with people? People who have different character, different strength of character, different beliefs, make the government work in different ways. So the government's only as good as the people that are in it. And the people that are in it are only as good as the character that they have within themselves. 
And where did that character come from makes a huge difference. So now we're talking about Jesus is going to be ruling. He's going to be um, over all the kingdom forever in the house of Jacob. But we're talking about a person whose character is flawless. We're talking about a child who's God himself. Can you imagine if God was the president of the United States? Oh, well, maybe some people would have an issue with that. But um, if somebody, you know, I mean, that kind of character is just without fault. There is no sin in this man. He's fair. He's just, he's wise. He can see way into the future and knows what to do. But he didn't come as that kind of government person. So there's hope that this is what's going to happen. But then they see him and they're like, well, he's not going the political route. He's not climbing the corporate ladder. He's mixing with all these like different people. We would do it differently if we wanted that kind of guy for, for president. Um, and yet, in his life, all kinds of things started happening. When he was born, there was this hope that was there. Even before he was born, people had hope. When Jesus was presented at the temple, there was a man who'd been there all his life, and he turned around and he said, today, today I have seen it, now I can die. His whole life he'd been expecting and hoping. And he sees Jesus, and he's like, that's it. This is my hope realized, and he could, and he hadn't even heard the rest of the story. He'd only seen the baby. And so, as Jesus was uh, going about growing up and, and doing his, uh, his ministry, there was this guy called John the Baptist, whose parents also had been given a lot of hope at the time of his birth. And I wonder if Elizabeth, that's John's mother, told John about the story, about when Elizabeth and Mary were pregnant, and Mary came to see Elizabeth, and when Mary walked in, Elizabeth's womb leapt. I wonder if Mary told John that there's this guy, that this is what happened at that time, and we have this hope and expectation. John gave his entire life, right, out in the desert, eating things we don't eat. His whole life was proclaiming the coming of one greater than him. His whole life. I'm, I'm sure somewhere along the line he'd been told the stories of, of his birth and Jesus' birth. And yet, when we look at... Uh, let's find my scripture here. In Luke 7... <clears throat> This John the Baptist, who'd been spending his whole life uh, doing this, he called two of his disciples, and he sent them to Jesus and asked them, they said, are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? Hello. This guy, his whole life, has been proclaiming the coming of the Savior, has this hope. And he's not sure. It, are you the one? Or should I look for someone else? And what does Jesus say to them? <clears throat> at verse 21, at that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illness, and evil spirits. <clears throat> he then told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, 
The lepers are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. So here's John, his whole life, right? He's been expecting this. He's still not sure. Are you? Aren't you? What does Jesus say to him? He doesn't give him his resume. He doesn't give him his credentials. He doesn't give him, I was born here, I went here, I did this, this is what happened. Da, 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 da. He turns around and he says, look, this is what's happening. These things are happening. And you know what that did for John? He knew what that meant. His whole life, he had heard. He knew. He was proclaiming Jesus, somebody coming who was greater than him. And he sees these things happening, and it's like God whispering in his ear, I told you so. The hope that you had is not gone. It's here. It's real. This is the real deal. This is the guy. And unfortunately, John the Baptist got dealt with in a very unfortunate way. But he got to, to know from the Lord. The Lord gave him this opportunity to see this is the kingdom of God coming, and his hope was founded. <clears throat> in Matthew 12, 21, it says to us, in his name, Jesus' name, the nation will put their hope. In Romans 15, 13, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the main verse that I want to read today, leading up to all of the, what we've said up until now, is Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. And if you're having a hard time with hope, is it real? What God told me, will it happen? What you're saying about God being able to change my circumstances or God being the Savior, God being real to me, God being able to raise the dead, God being able to raise the dead parts of me, God being able to heal, God being able to heal me, God being able to change the circumstances that I'm in. Will God change the circumstances that I'm in? The hope that we have, oh, you are so good, Nancy, thank you. That hope, <clears throat> this is a great verse to come back to, Hebrews 6.19. <clears throat> it says here, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, you could do a huge Bible study just on that uh, one scripture, but the point that I want to bring about today, when we think of Christmas and we think of <clears throat> Jesus in the manger, that led to this scripture. That birth made our hope Concrete, anchored, rooted, unchangeable, and undeniable. <clears throat> if that birth hadn't happened, 
that life wouldn't have happened. The death wouldn't have happened. And our hope wouldn't be as concrete to us. When Jesus died, the story of the uh, Easter, the temple was ripped from the top to the bottom. The Holy of Holies, where no one could go but one priest a year, was broken. And that's what this is saying. That's That's the very place where Jesus' birth as a baby led to this place where he entered that Holy of Holies, and he is there. He is anchored there. The hope we have in Jesus, the hope that his birth would bring about change is rooted in that place. You cannot change that. Nobody can take that from you. If they don't believe what you believe, too bad, so sad. That's their prerogative. But it doesn't change the fact that Jesus died, that you and I could have that amount of intimacy with Jesus, that the hope that Jesus gave you is that real, it won't change. Now, your emotions can change. Your circumstances can change. Your perception of what is really happening can change. But the hope that Jesus is the very core and center of your life and has control over it if you'll give it to him cannot be changed. It will not change ever because Jesus was born, he lived, and he died. The government, the leadership, the ruling All of that that everybody was expecting here, concrete, happened, but not in the way that they were expecting to happen. The hope that Mary had that this would happen was a hope that she held with her all those years. Imagine when Jesus was being crucified, what Mary was thinking. Mary, did you know that the child you're holding is the great I How was she to know? She had hope. She had been told by the Lord. And she had only that hope to hold on to. She didn't have anything else. She didn't know the rest of the story the way we know the rest of the story. But she had that hope, and she pondered that hope, and she held on to that hope, and that hope was realized. And so today, the hope that we have in Jesus is an expectant hope and it's a given. It's rooted, anchored, concreted in, signed, sealed, and delivered, never to be changed, deal. The only thing that's not really signed, sealed, and delivered is us in our response to this hope. And so we're all sitting here today with different expectations and different ideas. And if I was to turn around to you and say, did you know, do you know that the hope that you have in God, the person that your hope is in, is the great I am? 
It is not an institution. It is not the church, per se, as a people. That is not our hope. The hope is in Christ himself. And that can't change. That is a done deal. And that, today, when you're sitting here struggling with life or or, or what will things look like in the future? Or did I really hear from God or didn't I? What, where do we go with all of that? We go right back to this scripture, to the word of God, to God himself. He is the only safe place to go with your hope, with your fears, with your concerns, with your excitement, with your future in college. High school, marriage, grandkids. We don't know what life is going to throw our way. Mary didn't know the whole story when she saw that baby, when she delivered that baby. She did not necessarily have a full picture. Who knows what her picture was? But do you know? Do you know? So I'm going to end with playing the video again. But this time, I want you to watch this video through different eyes. This time, instead of watching this as Mary, because it's Christmas and the baby, watch this and think of your name there. Mary, did you know? Tracy, do you know? Nicole, do you know? Bill, do you know that the person your hope is in is able to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to change your life? The person that you have your hope in is not the Patriots winning today. It's not based on somebody's coaching ability. It's not based on somebody's talent. It's not based on a governmental financial situation. It's based on a rock-solid person who doesn't change. So if you can play that for us again, Kevin. And just let your mind go to your situation right now. Put your name in this slot and let the Lord show you He is the great I am. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know to make you new this child that you delivered will soon deliver you Mary did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man Mary did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his head you know that your baby boy
So my prayer for all of us is at this time of the year, when we see a nativity scene, when we see a Merry Christmas, when we give our gifts, when we get together, when we think of the season, that we change our perspective maybe on this is the Christmas story of a baby being born. This is the reality of the hope that you live with every single day. That baby is the great I am. This is the Lord of all creation. This is not a fairy tale. This is not Santa Claus come to give you presents. This is the reality that you can wake up tomorrow with a hope that life can be better. This is the reality that no matter what happens to you, no matter if you are take, your very life is taken from you, that hope can never, ever, ever be taken from you. And when you are stripped down of everything you own, you have, you know, you still have this hope. Because the hope you have is not in a baby. The hope you have is in the great I am. So, Lord Jesus, I pray today that this would become more and more and more of a reality, that the hope you put within us is contagious, that you would allow us to hear your voice in moments of doubt when it doesn't look the way we thought it would look, that you would speak to us like you spoke to John the Baptist and said, look and see what I have done. Help us, Lord, to hear that voice in the middle of the season. Help us to hear it in the middle of confusion. And help us to rejoice in that hope in the middle of fun and victory. Amen. If you don't have that hope and you're not sure 
about what I've said, then that's the great place to be, right here. Because there are a lot of people here who would like to pray for you so that you can be sure that the hope you have is not in an institution, but in a rock-solid <clears throat> Jesus. And I would encourage you to come forward. We're going to have the worship team come up. Um, I'd invite you to come forward. If there's anything that uh, was said today, because God has a way of doing that, taking what I'm saying and making things happen, I never thought he was going to make it happen. I'd invite you to come forward um, and have someone pray for you with that. And then, Kevin, you want to come and, uh, and share? So this, so this morning there was a, a picture of uh, bread so, sort of coming right out of the oven, fresh, hot, um, in the sense that um, it, uh, it looks good, it smells good, you cut it open, you know it's going to taste good. Um, and just a just sense that Jesus is the, the bread of life. And, um, you know, the, the verse that goes with that is, is Psalm uh, 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I just believe there's an encouragement today that we can hunger after after God and we can we can taste of him this morning. Uh, and then secondly, there was just a picture of this um, uh, sort of sunrise, um, I think symbolic of um, Christ uh, shining on us, shining his light on us and um, revealing himself um, giving us that amazement and, and that peace. And um, I just believe that there, there might be someone here who feels like you're maybe in darkness. You know, what does that mean? Maybe, maybe something hidden from God, a sin, a fear, um, whatever it is, I, I believe the Lord wants to um, shine his light and give you that uh, peace and, and amazement that, that he loves you. Um, so if that means anything, I, I just encourage you to respond to him. Uh, and if there's anything else you want us to pray for, we, we'd love to spend a few minutes praying with you. Thanks, Kevin. We can all stand. We're just going to pray one more time, and then our, we'll finish up with the song. The service will be over. You're free to go. Lord Jesus, we just pray now for this hope to become more of a reality, that these words spoken will become real, become part of us, that we can leave with an excitement, we can leave with a joy, we can leave with an expectation that we are rooted, solidly anchored in you. Lord, let it sing in our hearts. Let every time we see your name this season, that that is what we will remember, that you are the great I am, the one that is capable of all things. We pray and thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to finish up with a song. You're free to go. As, as Kevin said, come forward for prayer. Otherwise, um, feel free to go out in the lobby and have some uh, coffee and treats and uh, visit with Rob because he's going to be out there early today.